This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. And it is pretty good. Uh, not often, <laughs> not often do you win a game by 53 points or lead a game by 60 or very nearly have your player, Gary Trent Jr., set the plus minus record for a single game in the NBA coming in second. The game prior, the game that beat him, I'm not sure what it was, but I think it's from 1996. I, I can't remember which, but holy smokes. The Raptors, 130-77, to 77, obliterate the Steph Curryless, Draymond Greenless Warriors. And among the things to rave, to rant and rave about, I would say Malachi Flynn, maybe the, the highest order among all of them could be. Gary Trent Jr. playing awesome. Another just heaps of triples from him for the second game in a row. And Pascal Siakam was awesome. OJ Ananobi was really impressive. Utah Watanabe dunked. I imagine that will go for quite a hefty price on top shot. But the Raptors, not only was the defense looking a lot better, and it does help that the Warriors are fairly, I would say, impotent without Steph Curry. And holding a team to 77 points is really, really impressive. Scoring 130 in the same game is even more impressive because when you score that much, you tend to slip a little bit defensively And the Raptors in this game, there was no slippage. And I think the big deal of that is that Malachi Flynn really was able to, for the first time this season, lift up a bench unit with his offense. And the thing is, the Raptors bench players are good defenders. It's just that they haven't been able to score with their bench. And then they don't score. And the other team gets a lot of transition opportunities or pseudo transition opportunities. They never have to inbound the ball, really. And that helps their defense against a good defensive team once that when that's happening. But the Raptors scored. So they got to set their defense on the other end. And that was, after seeing 77 points on the opposing team scoreboard, quite meaningful, as it turns out. And Malachi Flynn, I just want to talk about him first. So they had staggered screen actions for him. They had straight pick and roll. They're running pin downs for him off ball, little pitch plays. He was awesome. And defensively, he was great too. Some digs, very Fred Van Vliet-esque. And I suppose I should, before we get too crazy here, Fred Van Vliet, 
strained hip flexor, I believe, left the game. So if you were wanting the tank this year and Fred Van Vliet has graded out as the most impactful player for the Raptors this year, has Pascal shown a ceiling to be that guy in the past? Yes. Could he surpass Fred down the road? Yes. But for this season, Fred has been the guy. So remains to be seen. But we're going to get a lot of Malachi going forward, I assume. A starting role, heavy possessions in a lot of different play types. And we'll see how he defends next to guys like Pascal, next to OG, Gary Trent Jr. And I actually, I presume that he'll do quite well on defense. The offense, you're just waiting for that confidence to come around because there is, for a guy who's not overly athletic like Flynn, a guy who isn't like a complete lights-out shooter, he has to call his own number probably more times than he's been comfortable in the NBA. And calling your own number in the NBA is a tricky thing because if the team is allowing you open shots, you have to take them because if you don't take an open shot in the NBA, you're just passing to somebody or surrendering something to the defense that you won't get back. You have to take them. And Flynn has been in positions where he's been missing those shots and it's kind of taken away from his confidence, his on-ball jitter that made him so dangerous in the in the college game where he was probably the best pick and roll operator in the country. That actually came around in a super big way in this game. The confidence really seemed like it was there. The pull-up game, hesitations to get to the rim, fending off with his his weak side arm, holding out strong with his core and his right arm to have those contested layups and make them. And just the jitter, the wiggle, it was palpable in this game. He was able to shake loose from guys. He was able to get downhill and in tight spaces and in open ones, make the right decisions in this game. Super meaningful. He helped lift up the bench unit. And that's that's of major, major importance for his career. So for him to have the confidence to break out those little hesitation dribbles and the in and outs and all that kind of stuff and to have the confidence to wiggle and convey himself all over the court with that wiggle instead of just being straight up and down like I'm a rotation point guard, I'm just going to be at the top, we're going to run horns, I'm going to hit guys as they come off screens. No, there needs to be some creation there. And in this game, the creation was awesome. Two steals, five assists, five rebounds, 16 points, almost 60% from the floor, and a plus 34. It's crazy that in this game, Stanley Johnson was a minus seven. That's crazy to me, in 20 minutes. Sheesh. But anyway... I just, I was looking at the score sheet and I saw that because I was looking at Flynn, but yeah, Flynn defensively. I talked about this in past podcasts, the, as a scheme defender, he's been quite impressive. I think that he covers ground really well and he takes very smart routes to the guys he has to catch up to. If there's like a scram switch or he's rotating over to cover for somebody, he's taking great routes to those, to those switches or to the ball. If he's in that position. And I find that when he gets close to the ball, he's not toothless. There's potency to him as a defender to poke something loose, to get a dig down, a swipe, something like that, or to get in the way and kind of veer somebody out of a straight line drive. He, he's been good on that end. And offensively, I think I talked about it ad nauseum. He did his thing. Pick and roll, pin down, working in space, tight tight situations. I, uh, I was really, really happy with his game. And couldn't have come at a better time because 30 minutes and, you know, 16 and 5 you're going to need that type of stuff from your starting point guard. And one would assume that he's going to start with Van Vliet injured. So something to keep an eye on, to be sure. Boucher, 
Ananobi, Trent Jr., Siakam. I'll talk about the latter three mostly. Ananobi continues to impress in a lot of different ways. And something I addressed even before the bubble last season when I did my deep dive into OG's game was that he very clearly feels comfortable taking big men off the dribble. And he had a a couple really nice plays, specifically on Wiseman, that stop in the lane and then the pivot to get to the front of the rim. If OG's getting to the front of the rim, you're in trouble because there's a lot of space he can be bumped from that point and still have a shot at the bucket. And OG is at his worst when he's fading from the rim. But if he's headed like a spear, dead center for the middle, he's probably going to finish. And it doesn't matter, and one, whatever. He has the weight. He has the athleticism. He'll finish that. So I love when he gets to the front of the rim. He's still obviously very potent as a catch-and-shoot guy. I think that he's developing a bit of a chemistry with Gary Trent Jr. as well. There's just some things that they've been doing that I think are exciting. And, you know, increasingly they'll all learn to work off the ball and work off of each other better. Gary Trent Jr. has started to move a lot more often in the offense, which makes sense. He was a little bit stagnant in the first couple games, sitting outside the three-point arc a lot of the time, but he's gotten a little bit more brave with his cuts into the lane, the timing of them and that kind of stuff. And it's actually opened up the weak side or the strong side, whichever he's cutting from. There's intelligence to the way he's cutting. And not only that, but the pull-up threes in transition, hunting those three-point shots. And Norm was hitting threes and nothing to say about Norm. Norm was fantastic offensively. He had a hell of a year. But Gary Trent Jr. is a little bit more bold in the way that he's hunting threes. And if he's going to shoot six for nine, he's going to add a completely different element, that of an elite movement shooter to the Raptors offense. And he hit six in the last game, too. That's pretty impressive. He's like, what, 12 for 20, I guess, in the past two games. Really nice to see. Defensively, he seems to be getting into more of a groove as well. The timing of those rotations, the things I noted about Malachi Flynn, that's that's something that Gary Trent has coming along as well. So when we look at a defense and let's say Wiseman is catching the ball on the block, the Raptors send a second guy. Wiseman is going to have to make the pass out and the Raptors are going to have to try and guard four guys basically with three guys. And it's all about how you manage the space in concert with each other. And in this specific game, The Raptors, whether they're kind of breaking into a triangle zone to cover four guys to make sure that the skip pass isn't there, and if a guy is getting the pass one pass or two passes away, they can close out under control. That was something the Raptors did a fantastic job of in this game. It never felt like if they doubled, the danger was going to be found on the opposite side of the floor. They were always catching up. And is some of that you know, a toothless Warriors offense that doesn't want to put the ball on the ground and doesn't want to attack them from the close pass against that closeout? Sure, but also a credit to the Raptors for collapsing and then reforming that defense to limit the options that the Warriors had and how potent those options were. I thought it was particularly meaningful. Pascal, just an absolute beast in the post. He went in there right off the start of the game Whether it was Wiseman, he was able to slip by, or if he had anybody switch onto him, like a Wiggins or Oubre Jr. or Toscano Anderson, who drew the matchup early on, it was just baby food for him. He he has an assortment of moves there. And spotting up, particularly in this game, four for nine, 
Really happy to see that. He's shooting like 29% on the season. If the spot-up jumper comes around, it's not even that pull-up jumper that he was flirting with last season. You just want to find a little bit of consistency with that spot-up jumper because he's added so many playmaking things this year that he has counters. If he's going downhill, he doesn't need a pull-up as bad as a guy like Gary Trent Jr. needs. He, he can do a lot of other things, finishing at the rim or countering with a pass, something like that, a push shot. But the spot-up jumper, it's it's pretty meaningful. I was really happy to see that happen for him. And yeah, I just remained so impressed with his post-game. It, it looked really good tonight. And he dominated his matchups quite thoroughly, I would say. Outside of those main guys, obviously I talked about Flynn ad nauseum. Bembry, Watanabe, I think I was pretty impressed with both of their games. Yuta, he competes on the boards in a way that few players on the roster do. And there are players like OG who, you know, if you get to a playoff series, he's going to bump up the amount of boards he gets. There's going to be a more of a compete level. That's going to be something he focuses on. And Pascal will always try to figure out the happy medium of leaking out into transition as the guy who's, you know, at the head of the attack or helping out on the glass a little bit. And I think going forward, he'll help out on the glass more because I think he's starting to realize if he's the guy grabbing the rebound, the offense actually operates at a higher clip as points per possession base because he he provides a lot of pressure just him bringing the ball up the floor in a transition or pseudo transition type of situation. So guys like Fred Van Vliet can leak to the wing instead of Fred bringing the ball up the floor, which is not typically the best thing in transition. In fact, it's usually quite bad. But anyway, Yuda, the way he gets on the glass, I think is very unique on the team. And his compete level all over the floor, the closeouts that everybody knows about, I've written about, Zach Lowe has written about, I'm sure tons of people have written about and talked about. It's it's a, a defining feature of his game. It's his ability to close out rapid, but are under control and corral players to the sideline or the baseline and use the, the out of bounds as another defender. He's super intelligent on that end and you know, he he had a dunk in this game and a couple motion buckets where he's getting into the teeth of the defense, flash cuts here and there. So that was nice to see. And the dunk was, there was no defense whatsoever, but you like to see him get one. And uh, you know what? It's guys who are on the edge of the league who are just trying to get in. Having a highlight package is a cool thing. I think that's, it's really nice that he has family and fans who get to see something like that. And you could see Fred was, you know, giving him big smiles and congratulating him in the tunnel because it's been a while since Uday has gotten some run. Bembry, I think everybody knows I really like Bembry. I think he's at his best when he's not a lead guy on ball, when he's able to be a connector, especially when he's surrounded by a bunch of other shooters. In this game, they did have him on ball quite a bit, but Malachi Flynn being so potent off ball and they were just running actions to get him loose and get him some second side action, stuff like that. It was actually pretty harmonic the way that Bembry and Malachi Flynn worked together. So I liked that a lot. Um, Bembry, you know, he's a, he's a hound on defense too. He looked good on that end, but the Raptors 130 to 77 was super happy with the game. I thought it was super fun. A bunch of guys flashed some of their best stuff so far this year the Warriors, I mean, they're, they're nothing to write home about. They're, they're a bad team tonight. And when they're without Steph, when they're without Draymond, they're, they're a really bad team. And it's not, uh, you know, it's to some degree, it's their fault. I mean, you, you don't want to lose like that. You want to play better. But they, uh, 
There's just not a lot going on that roster. And the Raptors identified Wiggins as the lead guy early on and then started shading him with a couple more defenders throughout the game. Just made that it really suppressed his shot attempts. He didn't even get into double digits as far as shot attempts in this game after having, I think, 11 points in the in the first quarter. So, and yeah, only 15 points in the game. Not even like he had a bunch of assists because he was creating out of that pressure. It was just the Raptors defense locked down. So I thought that was really nice. I enjoyed that immensely. The Reggie Evans Award. I'm giving it to Malachi Flynn. Don't care what you say. Don't care what you have to say about it. Uh, Malachi Flynn, Reggie Evans Award. Tons of compete on both ends of the floor. Working hard. A couple grimy rebounds. A couple grimy dig-ins. Very Reggie Evans-esque basketball. And I was, uh, I'm better for seeing it. And his overall performance obviously should make everyone, as I said earlier on, feel a lot better about Fred Van Vliet going out. Not that they're going to win a bunch of games or anything like that. It's They're very close to the play-in tournament at this point in time, yes. But they're, uh, they're going to have to be in a position. They're likely going to be in a position where they're hoping for good lottery odds, I would say. This team, especially with Fred coming out, like Flynn played really well tonight, but it's against the Warriors. I'm glad to see his confidence and I'm very intrigued to see if he can carry this over. But Reggie Evans Award. Uh, top quick reaction comment is from Chicky1738. <laughs> oh, Fetty Wap. Quote, hopefully this builds up Flynn's confidence and gets the shooting back on track. End quote. Yeah, he had a really nice pull up streak going in the G League bubble that he wasn't super involved in because he got called back to the Raptors because of. COVID and then my God, he got COVID and then it was just a horrible thing that happened with him. Well, actually, I'm not sure if he got COVID. I think they've only addressed that OG, Pascal and Fred had COVID and Bembry. So I don't know if he had COVID, but yeah, I hope the shooting gets back on track. He was a fine shooter in college, especially like catch and shoot and Young players always have to work on their mechanics to get the pull-up a little bit more expedient, a little bit more repeatable because your body's changing for so long. And then once you're in the pros, there's a little bit of stasis as far as that goes. You get your body to a comfortable position. And Flynn at 22, maybe even 23 right now, I think uh, he'll have an opportunity to keep working on the pull-up and the catch-and-shoot stuff should really come along. But yeah, hoping for good stuff for him. But... Hoping for good stuff for you after you finish listening, which is now. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.